This podcast includes explicit language and situations. It is intended for adults 18 years of age and older. These thoughts and opinions are those not of any specific group, employer, or individual. Listener discretion is advised. From the Spade and Archer Studios, welcome to Behind the Yard Sign with your hosts, Justin M. Reardon and Kelly Hanahan. Kelly and Hanahan, we are back with Behind the Yard Sign, our special edition. This one's going to be fun, man. Who do we got here? Hi. This is our first ever special edition because we were really lucky to get two of our favorite people that have been in our sphere for Spade and Archer. One being, obviously, Jasmine Roth, who we met with Rock the Block on HGTV, and also Kelly Moore from Humble Design Seattle. Thank you guys so much for being with us. We really appreciate it. Welcome to the show, ladies. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Hi. Yeah, thanks. Hi. <laughs> we have all kind of been tied together through this TV station, HGTV, right? And <laughs> somehow or other, we all know each other. So like Jasmine, you and I worked together on Rock the Block last year. Kelly, how do you and Jasmine know each other? We met this year. We just shot a uh, pilot in December called Rentervention, which aired last week and is airing again next week. What's Give me a premise. What's Rentervention about? It's about temporary solutions. So it's going into renters' apartments and transforming them. We compete against Kyle Shenneman. We transform renters' apartments. Jasmine comes in and checks on us. I can't tell you who wins, (laughs) but she comes in. She gives me a little bit of a hard time because I pick something in my apartment that I get fixated on because that's what I do. Uh, And she was probably right in in that apartment that time. But yeah, so we go in, we transform the apartment. I think it's pretty amazing because there's really nothing out there for renters right now. So I, I think HGTV is like on the cutting edge of that. So Jasmine, is this the, the progression of how things go is that you come on, you host a show and then you compete on a show and somebody judges you and then you become a judge. And now like you're the one who like, you know, decides like surprise, you're the winner. Like that's your big thing now. I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm uh, I just kicked off season two of Rock the Block last week. So that was exciting. Maybe. I don't know. At least I'll, I know I'm going to go. I don't know if I'm going to judge, but at least I'm, you know, involved with that show, which I'm really excited about. And I don't have to compete because you saw me, Justin. I was a mess. It was so much work. You won. I know I won, but it was still a lot of work. It was a lot of work, <laughs> yeah. So you're not competing this year. It's like new new contestants this year? Yeah, new contestants. They actually, instead of doing individuals, like you know how there was like myself and Mina and Leanne and Allison, and those were the four teams. This year they're doing teams. So two people per house. They have a really like star-studded lineup that honestly, I'm happy I don't have to compete against any of these people because <laughs> it would be scary. <laughs> it was a lot with like four very distinct, very strong personalities trying to design and stage for all four of you. I can't imagine having eight really strong personalities to design for. (laughs) It's going to be twice as much of everything that there was last season. So the drama, the designs, everything. But I'm really excited to see how it turns out. And I'm really excited that I can take a back seat and not have to be one of the competitors. And as far as Rentervention goes, it did air last week. It's going to air again. And then, you know, that's how these pilots go. They air a few times and then maybe, fingers crossed, we get picked up for a season, but it is really interesting because there aren't shows that are specific to renters. My husband and I 
we rented for a long time um, and it was challenging. There's just things about every rental, every house in general that you might not like and you want to change, but you know you can't. Because you don't own it. Yeah. Yeah, you don't own it. So it's fun to be able to bring ideas to renters so that there's something for everybody on HGTV. The cool thing is they get six months free rent. Whoever, whichever renter on the show wins. No pressure on no Six pressure months on free us. rent is a big deal. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's a big deal. It's a big deal to the landlords too, because there's like no evictions. You can't force anybody to pay rent right now. So that's like a guaranteed six months of rent for the landlord. So everybody's happy. Everybody's happy. And it was such a fun show to make. I think it's something that a lot of people have reached out to me and been like, thank goodness, finally a show for renters. So we'll see how it does. Normally on our podcast, we have a lot of people who are like brokers or they're like on the corporate side um, of really big real estate companies. And we love asking about people's stories and backgrounds because it's not like anyone graduated with a degree in real estate. So what did you prepare for early in life? What did you think you were going to do? And then what led you to this real estate interior design and then ultimately HGTV because you're a veteran of that now? (laughs) Yeah, I think you're right. I don't know that a lot of people necessarily think that they're going to be in real estate. And usually if they do think they're going to be in real estate, they end up in another part of real estate than they originally thought they would land. I went to school for entrepreneurship and I graduated uh, Northeastern University in 2008 with a business degree and no real tangible skill, which in 2008 didn't really get you anywhere. I mean, people, companies weren't hiring. I had an entrepreneurship degree, which means I wrote business plans and I learned how to read financials. And it was a great, awesome program. However, there was no capital to be had. Nobody was starting companies in 2008. There's nothing happening. So as a recent college grad, it was really tough uh, to even get a job, let alone consider starting my own company. So I just kind of took the first job I could get. I ended up being a cost reduction consultant um, and I traveled the country meeting different companies, trying to figure out how to lower their administrative skills so that instead of letting go of people, they could lower their overhead and hopefully keep jobs. It was a great experience for me um, as far as traveling and learning how to talk to different executives and interact with different companies. And I went from there into corporate social responsibility for a large investment firm. So um, yeah, I actually managed, I helped manage a large foundation and then also a volunteer program, a corporate volunteer program. That was a great experience because it opened my eyes to the world of nonprofits and how important it is to be involved in your community. It was something I'd always done, but just as like a volunteer, I'd never been, you know, I'd never taken that next level. And so from there, during that job, I was working full time. My husband was working full time. We decided to buy a piece of land and build ourselves a house and also build a house next to our house as an investment project to offset the cost. Land and building in Southern California is crazy expensive. And your husband has the same degree in entrepreneurism, right? He does, yes. And so he had started his own staffing firm as a subset of a family company that his dad had started 25 years prior. Um, So he was working full-time corporate America. I'm working full-time corporate America. Both of us get up, put on our business suits, leave the house, get back late, scrounge some food and go to bed. But through all of that, we had taken on this real estate endeavor. And the problem with taking on a large real estate endeavor when you're working full time is that you don't have time to necessarily work on it. (laughs) We're like, oh yeah, we'll 
just build a house and we'll build another house and it'll be great. We had both had our real estate licenses in Boston during college. So we understand real estate and we kind of knew what we were getting into, but we had never built a house. We never remodeled a house. We never done anything like that. So long story short, or maybe long story long, (laughs) two years into the project, we really hadn't made it very far. We were framed, which is a big deal in new construction, which means we'd scrapped the old buildings, leveled everything, started with a fresh plot of dirt, gotten everything through the city with the engineers and the architects, got everything framed. But then it was time to like make the house pretty and put the drywall up, which is a big deal in construction because you're closing up the walls and you can't really change anything after that. And then my builder's like, I need to know what type of cabinets you guys want. What type of countertops? What type of tile? My husband and I, we just looked at each other and we're like, we don't know any of this. We don't even know what cabinets are. We knew nothing. What year was this? (laughs) This was in 2012. Girl, you've come a long way. I know. So in 2012, uh, I left my job and I went and managed those two projects. And so literally I gave my two weeks notice and I was on the construction site two weeks later. And the guys that I was on the construction site that day one are still so many of my guys. Justin, you met them at Rock the Block. We just finished building this house. I'm sitting in right now. I mean, these are the guys I work with still every single day. So The nicest team of people ever. So kind. They're just good people. And the cool thing is they are legitimately like tradespeople that love what they do. And so I got to learn from them. I just asked all the questions and I sat and I worked with them and I learned. And it was an awesome opportunity just to kind of dip my toe into the world of design and construction and real estate. So we finished those houses. My husband and I moved into the one house, which we just moved out of like two months ago. And it's listed on Airbnb for rent. Shameless plug. (laughs) Rent. Jazz and Rosalie. Plug it. You can. Yeah. Yeah. You can stay in my house. So yeah. And the other one I sold for sale by owner, which still in 2013, which is when we sold it, tough real estate market. Especially for a FISBO. FISBO's hard. It was new construction. We had no comps. I had to have a cash buyer. Um, I sold it for sale by owner, which means I like made my own open house signs and I took my own photos, which you guys know how hard it is to take real estate photos. Um, But I learned so much uh, when that sold and it was done. I kind of looked at my husband and I was like, I like this. I want to keep doing this. I don't want to go back to what I was doing before. I still want to be involved with nonprofits. I want to be involved in the community, but I think I can do that and do this at the same time. So that's when I started my company and I bought another piece of land and I just kept building houses. So let's just put it this way. The guys I work with, they're great. They don't care about social media. They don't take before and after photos. I come up with these crazy ideas. They execute. And at the end, they're like, okay, it's kind of cool. And that's like it. That's it. This is as far as they ever go. So I started posting online because I was like, okay, we're doing some cool things and I want to share them with people. And I wanted to share like the how-to and some of the DIYs we were doing and some of the things that didn't work out because that's important too. And eventually um, a production company that works with HGTV saw some of the things I was posting and gave me a call. I thought it was a joke. (laughs) Funny. Yeah, they sent me an email and I showed my uh, my mother-in-law and I was like, hey, I got this email today. It says they want to make like, they, they want to talk to me about maybe having an HGTV show. I was like, this can't be real, right? She's like, there's no way. And I was like, there's no way. But it was real and it turned into a lot more. So the rest is history. That was a long story, but that's kind of how I, how I landed where I am. I love this connection where we're talking about nonprofits and design and TV and real estate, which brings us to Kelly Moore. Kelly Moore is the executive. 
executive director of Humble Design in Seattle, Washington. Kelly, how did you end up in this role at Humble Design? What is Humble Design and what's going on over there? So my background, I started in social work. My degree's in criminology with a minor in child psychology. I started kind of working with kids and transitioned into media through my event planning company and design. I ended up getting involved in real estate, bought a house, gutted it, learned a lot because I was the general. <laughs> this sounds so familiar. <laughs> yeah, I know. Did not know what I was doing. Got into walls, learned about dry rot, wish I never had, but learned a lot that way. And then landed in TV in a very strange way here in Seattle. Roundabout way, started to kind of grow this television career and wanted to find a way to give back to my community and saw this role at Humble Design and thought, wow, here's an interesting nonprofit. We have a huge homeless problem here in Seattle. It's related to design. It's a way for me to give back. And I thought, okay, this is a nonprofit that works with families that are transitioning out of homelessness into housing. So they come to Humble without anything. They get into a new place. They maybe have a backpack. They maybe have an air mattress and they have nothing. We literally with COVID, that my first week, a family, I heard one of our designers talking to a mom on the phone and I was taken aback because I heard her say she had been sleeping on the floor with just a blanket with her two kids for three months. And she hung up and I said, hold on. So we have mattresses, we have a U-Haul, and we have the capability of getting them off the floor right now. So we can fill a, an immediate need and help these families without waiting, which I think is the incredible piece about what Humble does. I think the overall mission is that when you give somebody a warm and inviting and a welcoming home and you treat them with empathy and respect, it helps them regain their dignity. It helps them re-identify because if you think of something we all use our homes as a part of our identity. We create a space and it becomes something that we're proud of. Um, and so when you're homeless, your identity is, oh, I've lost my home, I've lost everything, I'm homeless. But when you give somebody a home and a space, all of a sudden you've now regained your identity. So it's something we really believe that can give people a fresh start and give families a chance. And so, you know, 99% of our families stay housed after a year. And that's something we're really proud of. How's that compared to statistics of people who get housing that do not have furniture? 50% of people go back, right? So it's amazing. Like we believe that if you have that warm environment where you've got a roof over your head, and if you talk to any of our families, even in the shelters, you talk to our partnering agencies and they'll say, people know, our families know about Humble Design before they even get their housing. You know, because they are talking about it because they know, wow, there's an agency that will help us get on our feet. Because how are they supposed to go out in the world and really have a job where they don't even know how are we going to get our kids a bed? It's really interesting that all three of these businesses that are here, what Jasmine does with her company and what you do with your nonprofit, we do with our staging company. All of this revolves around the psychology of having a soft place to put your ass. Yep. And it's <laughs> yes. the psychology psychology of walking into a house mm. and whether you're trying to buy a house or if you're just trying to live in a house and not be on the streets, it's this furniture of being inside these houses and having the comfort of being able to actually relax inside your home because we've all bought new houses or rented new houses and you go and you sit there for an hour or two with your family and show it off and there's no furniture and it's super uncomfortable and you want to leave after half an hour and that's how it feels to be in a new home for the first time. If you're coming off the street or you're coming out of a shelter and you have you know a, a blanket and 
and a, and a knapsack and two pairs of underwear, that house is not going to be all that comfortable for that long. And Humble Design solves this problem. So what do you guys have coming up here in the in the near future? In a year where there's COVID and every nonprofit is trying to reinvent and find a way to raise money, it is a challenging year. And I started in March. <laughs> oh my God. Welcome to the challenge. Two, th- <laughs> two things. You know, I, I'm in TV and so I'm not necessarily, you know, I'm new to non- the nonprofit world and raising money. So I'm like, okay, I'll start during COVID and let me see what I can do to help raise some money. So we've, we're doing a virtual fundraiser next week uh, on Thursday the 15th, which happened to also land right during the presidential debate. Yeah, Joe's doing a town hall meeting that night. We have a mixologist coming on right before, because I was like, okay, people, let's mix up a cocktail. We're up in our time. It'll be fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> our auction is uh, the 15th from 4.30 to 6. Uh, one of our family's going to speak about how we impacted their lives. We have a Seahawk speaking, which is exciting. Our board will be speaking. Uh, so you'll hear a lot of just how we've impacted our community. We're going to have some great live auction items like Jasmine there. Now, just to be clear, I'm not actually a live auction <laughs> item like me personally. No, yeah. no, uh, yeah. no. Look at my new Jasmine. Isn't she wonderful? <laughs> no, no. Jas- just to be clear, you're going to get a ca- cameo with Jasmine. Thank you, Jasmine, very much for that cameo. I appreciate it. And then I've offered to donate my time to uh, to do some design consult uh, as part of that package. Can one of you just tell us what a cameo is? What does that mean? So a cameo is, I don't know if you've ever been on the cameo app on your phone, but it's basically um, people that you might follow or watch on TV or see in movies. And you can ask them to do pretty much anything, which is pretty cool. So you can ask them to say like, happy birthday to your grandma. You can ask them to tell off your enemy. I can get Jasmine to do a cameo to break up with someone that I don't want to deliver the bad news to. This, this And great. all you have to do is just go to a fundraiser on the 15th for yep. Humble Design and you can buy yep. a, a snippet of Jasmine Roth's time. This is so great. Please register, register, register. Our, actually, our auction goes live today at noon. So, uh, and you can go to humbledesign.org slash WHF2020. I was lucky enough to actually attend live last year, which was awesome. So I'm sure you guys will have a great event online because last year was so fun. I mean, I really miss the people. I miss people in general. I live on a boat. It's good for social distancing. I am. I'm living on a boat getting ready to gut this. That sounds awesome. It is awesome. It's 43 feet. I'm selling my house in Walla Walla and I'm gutting this 43 foot boat. That's my next real estate project. Just because we were talking a lot about our HGTV connections, what do you guys have coming up and what's the timeline? When's it going to air and all that stuff? Okay, so I actually have the series premiere of Help I Wrecked My House, which is my new show, airing on Saturday at 8 p.m., which I'm super excited about. I hope you'll all catch the uh, see the series premiere because let's be honest, they do save the best for last. So if you want to see somebody that actually like tore their house apart, this is the show to watch. Um, and so yeah, that'll be airing. And then hopefully they'll re-air Rentervention one or two more times. I don't know. I could talk about what I have coming up for a long time, but that is the most immediate thing that I'd love to point people's attention to. Help I wrecked my house. Justin, have you heard about this? No, it sounds like an exercise in frustration. <laughs> 
So these are people that tried to DIY their houses. They just took it too far and they tried to do their own project and it didn't work out and they have to call me and I have to go in and put their house back together, which honestly, I think a lot of us have taken on projects and found ourselves in similar situations, maybe not as extreme as what we find on the show, but um, it does happen all the time. So yeah, Help I Wrecked My House is my new show and it's been really fun and just so many, so much support and so many nice comments and people calling me and saying, help, I wrecked my house. So we'll see how that goes. Kelly, I hope that you're not our next, uh, you know, help, I wrecked my boat. <laughs> yeah, right. Because that would be, that'd be, that'd be tough. Yeah, I think, I think help, I wrecked my boat might be a whole different show. <laughs> At least, Kelly, you know you have a solid plan B and the hookup. If you really, yes. if you really screw it up. As long as it's still floating, I can't, <laughs> I mean, other than that, if it's, if it sinks, no, I can't bring that back. There's always far. a dinghy. I have renterventions. That is my only show. So watch the pilot people watch it please okay so when we were working on rock the block with jasmine back in the day what we noticed is that there was massive differences between what it's like on the set and what's happening during the show versus what actually gets aired like the whole sequence of how things are getting built and how they're getting done everything is totally different and it's not like they're lying they're just re-editing to make it into a more interesting story and so jasmine was there something that you worked on on a house and you put it together and it just never it ended up on the clipping room floor and you were so bummed about it. Yes. And Justin, it's so funny you bring this up. It happens all the time. One glaring example I can think of, season one of Hidden Potential, I had this really cute little cottage and it was done. And for some reason, I decided that I needed to stencil the concrete to the entry. And I was like, I have to do this. It's going to make the entire house. It's going to set it off. It's going to be the curb appeal. I have to do it. And my team was like, Jasmine, the house is done. Like, we're not doing this. And I was like, you know what? So I went on a weekend. I did all day Saturday, all day Sunday. It rained. I had this like giant straw hat on because when it wasn't raining, it was the sun beating down on me. There's no shade. Anyway, I worked all weekend and I finished it and the homeowners, they came home and they saw it and they loved it and it never made it into the episode. Not me working on it, not the finished product, nothing. And I was super bummed and it kind of made me think twice because I was like, oh, well, is this, was it not a good project? Should I not have done it? Was it not, was that just me thinking it was cool and nobody else would have thought it was cool? So then season two, I uh, did the house two doors down from my own house. I redid this really cool beach house, which, you know, no pressure. It's my neighbors, right? So I redo their house and same thing happens. It's the house is done and I'm looking at it and I'm like, it needs one more thing. And I had this little pad of old concrete out front and I was like, I'm going to stencil it. And my team's like, jazz. And I was like, I'm going to stencil it. I'm doing it. That was season two of Hidden Potential. So I stenciled it and sure enough, not only did it make the episode, but they made a little snippet to post on HGTV social. It was their highest viewed social video in 2019. Um, it absolutely went viral. People loved it. And so it was like that redemption moment for me where I was like, you know what? That was a cool project. And I knew it was a cool project and it, they should have shown it the first time, but it, it turned out really cool. Like, how did you go from like, what are cabinets to stenciling <laughs> concrete? Like, what? I, you know, like, that's a good question. I had, so while I was learning what cabinets were, one of my girlfriends called me and she was like, hey, I bought this condo. It has a tiny little patio. I don't know what to do with it. I work full time. Can you like help me? And I was like, I can help you, but I don't know what I'm doing. So I'm not going to charge you, but I'll help you. And I stenciled her concrete patio for free. She loved it. And that was kind of like, you know, it just takes little things like that to build your confidence and to kind of learn. I see a theme here of the, the stenciling of the concrete patio. Um, can we talk about how on Rock the Block, 
Remember Leanne, she stenciled her concrete and she admitted that she saw the video that HGTV had posted of me stenciling concrete during the competition and that inspired her to stencil her concrete. So <laughs> they that was did, funny. They did do an entire segment of her just sitting on the ground with a paintbrush stenciling yeah. that concrete, yeah. And it aired in the episode. She's like, yeah, I saw Jasmine do it on TV, so I decided to do it, which was like <laughs> a full circle moment for me. I was like, oh my God, Leanne Ford did something I did. So it was cool. We're big fans of each other and we all get along great. So Kelly Moore... I would say that when I think about Renervention, the only thing I I can think of is that behind the scenes, I spent so much time because my guy was a admitted geek. Um, and so he didn't have a lot of furniture. He had a lot of action figures. I was on OfferUp and Craigslist a lot looking for furniture. So you don't see a lot of that. You don't see all the time I'm spending handpicking mm-hmm. all that furniture. Right. Like this doesn't mean it doesn't really happen in 30 minutes. Come on. Right. So a lot of the the furniture and all of those pieces were a lot of very handpicked, like, detail stuff for me, which you don't see. And poof, it just shows up. Yeah. You don't have time to show all that, right? So I'm like at 2 a.m. in my hotel room, offer up talking to some guy in some other part of L.A. going, hey, I need that chair for 20 bucks. (laughs) Like, you know, but you don't see that because they have no time to get in. We all have the impression that the PAs are working on those things and that you guys are just like, you know, lounging in your, no. and Totally lounging, I, right, and Jasmine? that's not totally... how it is. Like at two totally. o'clock in the morning, I remember walking into Jasmine's house and she's still like putting accessories on shelves. I'm like, what are you doing here? Go home. And that's not how it is. Those sets are stressful, man. Holy cow. <laughs> man, I was subway tiling, peel and stick on that wall. Like just, yes, Jasmine, I wish I would have listened to you. With all of your guys' exposure being on TV and stuff, like we don't know, and our audience certainly doesn't know what it's like to be on TV and stuff. Do you get a lot of feedback either like on social media about like choices you make, like from like diehard fans and like trolling? Do you have trolling? Yeah. Yeah. Like, do people have a lot of comments about what you do? <laughs> when I first started in TV, I explained to my family, I said, look, everybody has a very different opinion on what's cool and what's not cool. And what's cool to one person, somebody else hates. And that's in art, that's in design, that's in real life. And that's the beauty of it, right? And so I said, I personally have a pretty thick skin, but I need for you to my family to not read the comments, to not get bent out of shape if somebody doesn't like something. And just to realize that like, I'm putting myself out there and I know the risk of that and that it's gonna be okay. It's gonna be fine. If you're in TV, you have to have that confidence. You have to just know what you like. You have to know that you're trying your hardest and you're doing your best and hope that there are enough people out there that feel the way that you feel. That was early on that I kind of mentally prepared myself for the trolls and for the people that just, they don't like anything and they just, their whole life is just ruining other people's lives social media and such. Can I just tell you guys, it hasn't happened. My TV career has been the most uplifting, positive, all around awesome experience. And I, I am so lucky and blessed. And I literally, it could change tomorrow. It could, I don't know. I try really hard to make sure that, you know, I come from a place of love and compassion and positivity. And I think that that helps. But I don't know. So far, so good. And I I have gained so much from uh, the fans and from the followers and from everybody that even on my blog, you know, people do have opinions, but even if they don't agree, they like say it a nice way, which is so refreshing. And so it's kind of like, I don't know, I, I have this like newfound, I feel like 
humanity is good. <laughs> like, I, I feel like that has a lot to do with what you put out is what you get back. And so just the fact that we're here taking a half an hour out of our days to, to talk about humble design and what we can do to to help people have less than who we are. And in working with you and working with all four designers on that show, we had an immediate connection. You took time out to like FaceTime me and pick your furniture from my warehouse, which was 800 miles away. And you acted like a human to me. You treated me like I was a human, like I was not just a plebe who was there to like do your bidding. And when you put energy out there like that, you get that energy back to you. We have a policy at Spade and Archer. We don't ever post anything negative, ever. Yeah. And I think that the second you post something negative is the second you get negativity back to you. Kelly Moore, like how has your social media presence been? How has the feedback been back from the fans? What does it look like for you? So I've been in this business for 18 years. So it's fun because I was involved in this career way before social media. It's changed so much, right? Because now everybody can give you instant feedback. But I, I truly have always believed that you just, you have to be authentic and you you have to be just you. And ultimately, if you're a good person, people will be good back to you. I'm like Jasmine, I haven't had, I haven't had a negative experience, but I also try to come from a place of giving back to other people and acknowledging other people in a good way. And I'm trying to do great things in my community. And I, when I built my platform kind of in my entertaining and design world, it's always been about trying to to uh, teach people to express who they are in their space and gather around a table to build relationships and connect with other people and building connectivity between other people. So so in that vein of building community, where can people find Humble Design online? Uh, it's just humble, H-U-M-B-L-E, design.org. All one word, humbledesign.org. Yep. And where can they mm-hmm. register for the fundraiser and when is the fundraiser? Humbledesign.org slash... WF 2020. And that's where our event registration page is. And they can find that from the main page too, right? Yes. When you go to humbledesign.org, go to the city, go to Seattle, because that's where we are. Okay, perfect. (laughs) Because there's five cities. (laughs) So come to Seattle for our event, because that's on the 15th of October, 4.30 to 6, people. Show up, donate, (laughs) give us money. Help us serve family. You can begin bidding before yeah, the event. So our bidding goes live today on the 9th at noon. We have some great Yay. auction items. So people can go bid on Jasmine's cameo. I think I need to bid on my own cameo so I don't have to break up with somebody. <laughs> you do. I'm nervous you now. Do. I'm not sure it's, what I got myself into. Yeah. I might bid on it and just hold on to it until I need Perfect. you. Kelly Moore, it's been such a pleasure having you. Jasmine Roth, thank you so much. Kelly Moore is the director of Humble Design Seattle. She has a new show that's coming out called Rentervention. Jasmine Roth is the owner and founder of Built Custom Homes in Southern California. She has been on like just about every show HGTV has ever made for the last five years. Jasmine, <laughs> where can folks find you? Jasmine-Roth.com. Jasmine-Roth.com. The podcast is called Behind the Yard Sign. You can find us at spade-archer.com. Our music is composed by Joff Metz. You can find him at fivestarguitars.com. If you have a story that you want to tell, reach out to us. Thank you so much to all the folks who have reached out to us and told us your stories. I really appreciate it. Jasmine and Kelly, thank you so much for being here. Kelly and Hanahan, it's always just such a pleasure. Thank you, Justin. This production of Behind the Yard Sign was brought to you live from the Spade and Archer Studios. Spade and Archer Design Agency is the world's first guaranteed home stager. <laughs>